hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure there's even some more. Great to be back on board with you once again today. We're still going to talk some hockey, even though it's just, you know, there's no games to review. There's at least one game to preview with the uh, Winter Classic coming up. It's going to be an extensive preview. I'm going to talk about it for an hour, and, and I'm going to complain about the cold, too. It's, it's just it's just so cold. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's so cold. Yeah, it's, well, you got it. You want it, you got it. Okay. That's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. Thank you, Jonathan Winters. Uh, I, I agree with Jonathan Winters there from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yes, 1963 film, highly recommended. It's long, but it's pretty dang funny. Uh, and it's an all-star cast. So, yeah. <laughs> well, again, we're just going to kind of talk about, I guess, another cancellation, the World Junior Championships. Doggone it. I mean, that was kind of cool. That was fun, but it's the same thing again. It's, it's a COVID this and COVID that and COVID, COVID, COVID. And I'm going to double down and... I agree with Connor Hellebuck. I'm doubling down. And um, I'm sorry. I, I know probably more than half of you disagree. And we'll just, we can just leave it at that. Um, we don't need to bash and rip on each other. I'm just saying, uh, well, st- studies on both sides of the aisle have come out and said that, well, I'm in Omicron. Yes, it's more, it's more uh, <clears throat> contagious. But it's much less severe. So even, yeah, people on both sides of the equation, we'll just leave that where that is. I'm going to shut up now and get back to where I'm going to go. Yes, the uh, the contagious the contagious nature of this is what's causing what's going on right now. But definitely not the severity. Uh, obviously, everybody's affected differently. I understand. I apologize. Again, if I'm stepping out of bounce, as some people would call it, bounce instead of bounds. But we'll look at how some of the guys did in the World Junior Classics. Why the heck not? That's just one thing to talk about at the beginning. So you'll have a couple other notes as well. Yep, obviously uh, the the Winter Classic will happen, but it's going to be super cold. I'll, I'll get to get to that now, actually, instead. No Spurgeon or Erickson Eck with injuries and no Brodeen with health safety protocols. Yep, it's just like a broken record at this point. Um, <clears throat> State of Hoppy, you know, the soda, the, the soda pie, there's each of Jerome from Vancouver, British Columbia, or like the Vancouver Islands, and State of Hoppy's locally here, I believe, Richfield. His name is Scott. Uh, he had something to tell a lot of you about uh, whining about the cold. There's a few out there that probably want it to be postponed to next year again just because Erickson Eck and Spurgeon won't play. Why is it supposed to be damn cold? Dude, people can shut the fuck up about that. It's an outdoor hockey game in Minnesota. If you didn't expect it to be cold or didn't want it to be cold, why are you buying tickets? Yeah, why? But like, damn cold, not just cold. Like, obviously it was going to be cold. Like, put it this way. Minnesotans talk about how tough they are and going out and doing stupid shit in the winter. I I don't have any time for it. If it's that that horrible, then sell your tickets. Fair enough. Thank you, Scott. State of Hoppy, I agree 100%. 100% and fair enough, right? (laughs) Fair enough. Yes, no, I agree 100%. So that's my take on the cold and everything. Again, that's the way you want it. That's the way you got it. I mean, you want to... Play outside on New Year's Day. It's never warm on New Year's Day. And why do you want it to be warm? That'd be a buzzkill. Do you want it to be 38 degrees and, and like the kind of wet and moist and nasty? 
You know, I I don't think I want that like Seattle or Vancouver, so to speak. In some ways, it actually feels worse. Like I've, I've heard enough multiple stories about the damn cold, and yeah, there is an element to that. And I've worked in that crap too. It's really uncomfortable, actually. Whenever it's moist, the the warmth or the cold is like amplified like ten times. It's unbelievable. When it's like hot and humid, holy crap, is it hot? It's much worse versus hot and dry and cold and dry. Same thing. Uh, it's much colder one way or another. Um, yeah. Now that I've <laughs> given you my weather uh, uh, knowledge and research and all that. I, I know it's really adorable. It's going to be a lot of fan interaction and such. I think this is just going to be a one-segment shot. Like, why the heck? Uh, why the heck split this thing up at this point? There's no games. Uh, it's going to be a one-segment shot. Before I get to the World Juniors, as I teased you about it at the beginning and didn't get to it right away, because I'm just... I don't know. I apologize, because I'm weird. Uh, we'll talk about the St. Louis Blues a little bit here. Uh, obviously, very talented team. The Wild have not played them all season. Again, this will be a 6 p.m. game on TNT. TNT. And, well, obviously they won the Stanley Cup in 2019. They had their ups, their downs, this and that. Jordan Bennington struggled last year and all that, trying to, con uh, in the next year, trying to compete for a, uh, uh, trying to go back to back or trying to go two, two out of three, that type of thing. Well, Jordan Bennington's back to being fairly solid. Again, nine and six record, 2.83 on the season. We have not played them yet this year, the St. Louis Blues. We will play them three times instead of four, interestingly. April 8th and April 16th will be the upcoming games, and the next two will be in St. Louis. This one, of course, is outside, but in Minnesota. And we'll not even, well, is there any really reason to look at the previous games? I guess out of the last five, they played two, and they went one and one. They lost to Winnipeg, them being St. Louis, at Winnipeg 4-2, to two, and they beat the Edmonton Oilers at home. 4-2. St. Louis, Edmonton. That sounds like a playoff series. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised where they faced off at some point. Of course, the Wild 0-2. As we've had, we're in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Hopefully, that comes to an end. Both clubs are way near the top. In the top five, 109 goals for Minnesota, 108 for the St. Louis Blues. Goals against are both kind of in the middle and mediocre. St. Louis with 85, Minnesota with 90. Assists were very close. Uh, St. Louis is number one in the league in assists. The Royals are fourth. Number one in the league in assists. I know that's not the most important stat in the world, but what the hell. Power play, St. Louis is third in the NHL. Minnesota 22nd. Penalty kill, seventh for St. Louis, 12th for the Blues. So special teams are very special in St. Louis at the moment. Penalty minutes, St. Louis right in the middle. The Wild are one of the worst teams in the league about penalty minutes. Shooting percentage, yeah, you know, St. Louis and Minnesota both in the top ten. As I continue to babble like an idiot about that, <clears throat> Vladimir Tarasenko, all right, returning from that shoulder injury and all the unhappiness and all that, he's back with the Blues and he's a point-of-game player, and what a nice free agent fantasy pickup he was within like the second or third week of the season, I forget exactly which one, but very early, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, he's playing? Okay, uh, whoa, yeah, sign, sign, sign him right now, because <laughs> I, I, I had some scrubs, not scrubs, but some guys that probably weren't going to you know, weren't going weren't gonna to have a better season than Vladimir Kurosanko. Let's leave it at that. So I made that move and all that. Uh, Pavel Busevich, obviously also a point-of-game player for St. Louis. Vlad has 13 goals, which leads the team. Busevich with Bushnevich, excuse me, with 11 goals tied with Ivan 
Barbashev. Oh, just rolls right off your tongue. Brandon Saad, the former Chicago Blackhawk. Way more goals than assists. He's kind of like uh, what Julian Zanek was early in the season. And, of course, uh, Jason Zucker in the past. Even Gabrick at times. 12 goals and 3 assists. Brandon Saad used to be an agitator with, with a bit of talent for the Chicago Blackhawks in the past. Old, wily veteran Minnesota Wild player with only 6 points. Kind of, obviously, stay-at-home defenseman who could occasionally provide a little bit of offense. Marco Scandella. Yep, one of the old guys from the old guard. Way, way back. Obviously, two or, two or three GMs ago. Obviously, back there at uh, the beginning with Dumpster Doug. One of the few good picks Dumpster Doug was able to make, particularly after the first round, because it's, like, slim pickings. James Neal has become... A journeyman it used to be a talent, used to be pretty good. Only four points on the season in 17 games. I'd like to believe the Wild can beat the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Bennington has one shutout on the year. Ville Husto also with a shutout on the year. He's actually been pretty solid. 2.46 goals against average. I'm sure Bennington will be in net versus Talbot. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, we've seen some spectacular numbers by guys that could either platoon or backup goalies. Uh, the greatest goaltending performance in the history of World Classic apparently Jonathan Bernier when he was with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs back in 2014 if I'm getting the year correct hell of a hell of a hell of a night and I've always liked Jonathan Bernier but unfortunately he's more of a backup than anything else apologize if there's back, uh, background noise but that's how it goes been a busy house um, unfortunately Buznevich has, has illness as of December the 26th Robert Bortuzzo. <laughs> Boy, these are fun names. I actually like Bortuzzo. That's a cool one. COVID-19 Protocol. December 26th, Dakota Joshua. That's a really cool name. <laughs> December 26th, COVID Protocol. <clears throat> Jonas Brodin, COVID Protocol. Jules Erickson, yep, the shoulder. And Jordan Greenway, apparently lower body injury as of the 19th. I think he's going to play. Jules, uh, excuse me, Jared Spurgeon, who they're not listing. He's not going to play. I uh, re-aggravated the lower body injury he had earlier in the season. I believe an ankle. That's a bummer. I uh, love Jared Spurgeon. Obviously, by the Sox, we're not going to have our captain. We're not going to have Jules Eriksson. We're not going to have our best defenseman. Jonas Burdine's our best defenseman. I think that's pretty safe to say. So, it's going to be interesting. I would say that St. Louis is favored to win this game for that reason. Obviously, it'd be a nice win for Minnesota. It's just a single game that gives you, you know, it's two points one way or another, but you'd like to end the skid one way or another, it's not a typical home game. It's going to be completely different. Obviously, it's going to be real cold, and everyone's going to have their comments about that. But obviously, they'll get through it, and they'll probably enjoy the heck out of the game. Uh, it'll hurt at first. Maybe you'll enjoy the heck out of it. And then at the end of the game, you'll be back to complaining, I'm sure, as you're walking to your car. Because that's probably not going to take five minutes to get through, unfortunately. So, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, we've been wanting a winter classic for, what, like a decade plus now? And here we are. So, January 1st. It's always super cold around New Year's. Even if it's warm on Christmas, it's super cold on New Year's every year in Minnesota slash Twin Cities, whatever the heck you want to call us, uh, in the Twin Cities especially. But really, this whole upper Midwest tends to really hit a deep freeze right in time for January. That's just the reality of things. I think the St. Louis Blues win the game, unfortunately. Uh, I want to believe Wild win, but it's just both teams are shorthanded. You're missing players, but Brodeen, Eck, you know, Spurgeon, hello. That's kind of important, you know, like versus Buznevich, who actually is a good player. Maybe he'll be back. Bortuzzo and Dakota Joshua. I mean, it is what it is. I just think St. Louis wins, unfortunately. Final score 
Yeah, man, that's going to suck without Brody and Eck. Oof, that sucks. And Spurgeon, obviously, that's a lot of good defensive players there. Final score is going to be 42. St. Louis wins the game. Most likely got a score. Kirill the Thrill will thrill on national television on New Year's Day. Kirill the Thrill will get at least one of the two goals. Maybe Fiala gets the other one. I think it's going to be big name guys, though, scoring in that one. We actually will be playing the Ottawa Senators coming up, so I'm going to get into that real quick. Why the heck not on Monday the 3rd? So since we're at that point, we're, so, I mean, I better do a show. So <laughs> we're at that point. I, I better, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a good thing I did a show so I could preview these games is what I'm trying to say so poorly. Philip Gustafson of the Ottawa Senators COVID-19 protocol. Anton Forsberg, COVID-19 protocol. Nikita Zetzev, heel, left the game on December the 16th. The Ottawa Senators are 9-17-2, 7th in the Atlantic Division. Minnesota is actually second now, unfortunately, in our division. We've fallen out at first, but, well, you know, you lose four in a row, you lose four in a row. <clears throat> Minnesota defeated Ottawa in overtime earlier in the year, 5-4. to four. Kind of a back-and-forth wild game, pardon the pun. Uh, it's just, uh, it was it was one of those where we ended a, a losing streak, ended the slump, so hopefully we'll end the slump here as well. Just like people talk about women at the end of bars and stuff. I know that doesn't sound good. It really doesn't. So I apologize. Ottawa has not played their last five games. They've all been postponed. Minnesota, 0-2, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, Wild obviously up one nothing in the season series. Ottawa is in the 20s and everything. Everything. 27th in goals. 25th in goals against 27th in assists. Power play is 14th. Everybody's got a better power play than us, it seems like. Even Ottawa has a better power play than the Wild. Penalty kills 24th. They're bad like us in penalty minutes, only 10 less on the season. And their shooting percentage is in the middle. Like, I don't know, shooting percentage. I know you're not going to win a Stanley Cup necessarily, but maybe you'll get hot. Anton Forsberg, again, COVID-19 protocol. So maybe we'll have Philip Gustafson in that, and that could provide even more. Uh, Ottawa's goals against average has been horrendous on the season. Every single goalie, including Matt Murray, we'll see if he comes back eventually. Uh, goals against average in the threes, save percentage in the 80s, except for Anton Forsberg, just under 91. So he's been stopping the puck generally, but just not a lot of good play in front of him, to be fair. Brady Tuchuk is definitely the franchise player of the team. Tim Stutzel continues to get better and better, but slowly, slow burn. Obviously, rookie players in their second year and all that. It takes a little while. Another blast from the past, Tyler Ennis, 12 points in 26 games, 11 assists, 11. So obviously... More of a playmaker at this stage of his career. Chris Tierney, the former Sharks, uh, not star, but good player, not providing a whole lot with only seven points in 28 games. Drake Batherson leads the club in assists and points with 19 assists, 28 total points in 23 games. He's having an awesome season. Awesome season. Even though the Chuck is, you could say, the franchise player, but he's also a very physical guy. Lots of penalty minutes. He leads the team in hits and pims, as they call it. He's a plus 5 on a team that's got guys in the minus 11s, minus 10, minus 16, minus 11, minus 7, minus 10. You know what I mean? So, pretty, very impressive there. Same with Drake. Batherson is a plus 4. So, those guys are the pluses. That's actually pretty nicely done for a team that's had some lopsided games. Ottawa's going to be good again, just not right now, unfortunately. Obviously, some nice prospects in the grapevine and already on the roster. Kind of learning on the fly, as they say. Ray the Chuck is just going to keep getting better. At least I would freaking hope so. 
for their sake in Ottawa. Minnesota wins the game. Final score 5-3, to three, if not 5-2, to two, maybe an empty net goal down the stretch. Most likely going to score for the Minnesota Wild in this game is going to be... <clears throat> let's go with Matt Zuccarello. Let's go way off the... I like a, a strange one. Obviously, good shooting percentage and such. And he does put the puck on net, just not like, you know, other players like Kirill Kaprizov. But Matt Zuccarello will be the most likely guy to score against the Ottawa Senators. 5-3 to three win. 5-2 to two win for Minnesota over the Ottawa Senators. So now let's get into the other topics, if humanly possible. Again, the World Junior Championships. So this is kind of like the prospect part, you could say. Again, no... No break, no cutting or anything like that. We're just going to keep rolling. Six players from Minnesota were in the World Junior Championships again. Canceled due to COVID concerns. Huge shutout by Jesper Wallstead with 48 saves in his second game. As obviously most of the guys only played two games. In fact, I think almost all of them did. Jesper Wallstead had a goals against average of 1.5. Again, had that huge shutout, which was extremely impressive to say the least. One uh, save percentage of 96.2. Again, 2-0 and in the World Junior Championships. Maybe Sweden could have gone all the way with that guy in that. Looks like the Wild may very much have a franchise goalie in the grapevine. Very exciting. Carson Lambos played in two games, did not register a point. I believe was a plus two, if I can get to it. Something, this thing is acting up. And I apologize. It's been acting weird all day. That's disappointing. But yeah, he was a plus two in... The two games he played. Oh, man, that thing. I don't know. Something's funny here. I don't know if it's the... I don't know. Yep. Nope, two penalty matches. He wasn't even a plus two. He was even. But two games and no points, unfortunately. And again, stuck with the same stats for the Winnipeg Ice. Like I say every week, 18 points in 19 games. That's pretty much how it's been. For Carson Lombos for the recent history, we can call it. I know everybody wants to make money, but my goodness, the ads are really messing up the, uh, <laughs> the Elite Prospects web pages. Of course, that's where I want to go. Only one game for Jack Kurtz so far. Oh, well, only one game total, pardon me, is what I'm trying to say. He had an assist. He obviously did look very good in the one, one game he did get to play for the USA. Good for him. No question about that. As we continue to try to move forward. As I had it up, and... <clears throat> Ryan O'Rourke also played for Team Canada, which we liked very much. I saw him out there. Obviously, he's having a good game, uh, good season in juniors. I think he's AHL ready, to be quite fair. I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, the C on his chest, just like who's Nadinov. You know, Carson Lambos has, <laughs> has the leadership skills. That's what I like about this group. A bunch of guys of character. Only one game for Canada and no points. I, I did see that game. Uh, Canada obviously put the... They really... Uh, Kick some butt in the game they played, but that's Canada. You know, Canada and USA usually do super well in the World Juniors. Who's Nadinov? Who's Nadinov actually had a couple of points, which is really nice in the World Juniors that he got to play in the two games. This thing continues to act up. I deeply apologize. It's throwing me off a little bit. Two assists and two total points for him. A couple of penalty minutes, and it's a plus two. So it's just two, 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 two everywhere for. Uh, Who's Nadinov? Really nice. Again, the guy who performs in the big stage. I'm actually quite impressed with that guy in so many, uh, so many ways. Pavel Novak, who just keeps getting better. For Chechia. I'm, I apologize if I've been calling it the Czech Republic. I guess it's now Chechia. Chechia. So, apologize uh, to Pavel Burnett if he doesn't like me saying Czech Republic. 
as uh, this world is ever-changing, isn't it? Two points for Pavel Novak. Yep, and he was excellent in this tournament by all accounts. One goal, one assist. Great job by Mr. <laughs> Pavel Novak. And he just keeps getting better and better and rapidly. Very, very exciting. So at, at least, again, there's hope for Minnesota. Six players in the World Junior Championships that were unfortunately uh, untimely canceled, which really stinks. Again, sorry for the noise here. That was a little distracting as well, but we're done with that for the time being. Again, very happy to have at least six players in the World Junior Championships. That was fun. Unfortunately, cut short. Uh, the ongoing question that keeps being brought up, should Marco Rossi be called up to Minnesota to help replace uh, Drew Larson-Eck for the time being? It's a back-and-forth debate. People are like, man, I'd love to see Rossi. And other people are saying, oh, I'd rather see him develop. I'm okay with the develop crowd. I'm leaning that direction. I'm like 66% develop. There's always that curiosity. Is he ready? Is he going to adjust? And conversation is he's just, the, the timing isn't there. Um, he's obviously dominating in the AHL. Three-point game. The Iowa Wild did play last night, which is really cool. Uh, nice to see some actual professional hockey again. Thank you, God. A penalty shot to win the game, actually, by Marco Rossi. He factored on all three goals for the Minnesota Wild. He scored two. Obviously, the pen, pen, penalty shot, as they say, on Blazes of Steel. And an assist on the other goal that he did not score. <laughs> so, Marco Rossi, definitely the star of the game last night against the Colorado Eagles. A team that's had some massive success in the past. And I am on the development side, slightly, as much as I would love to see Marco Rossi. Up at the top, and the Hamburglar's back in net. That's cool. Really nice to see Hamburglar back in net, only giving up two goals, a 3-2 victory for the Iowa Wild. Matthew, Matt Boldy back healthy again as well. Amazing, right? Amazing how things get better when guys get healthy again, especially important players like Matt Boldy. Uh, that feels that makes me feel like a million dollars, seeing him back out there. I'm <laughs> A couple of assists for him in the game. You think of him as a goal scorer, and he absolutely is. But now he's got one more assist and goals, nine total points in eight games. There's a guy who's absolutely a point a game. Most people would tell you he is closer to the National Hockey League than Marco Rossi, about a year closer, and he's a year older too. So, duh. I mean, that's kind of a simple thing. Um, I think he's NHL ready. I, I think Joe Hicketts could be an emergency call up here. I would love to see Joe Hicketts, see what he can do in the National Hockey League. Is he close enough? Is he, is he a quad A player? Let's find out. I guess uh, so far, again, only... So during his NHL career in 22 games, only five total points, all assists, and four penalty minutes. Penalty minutes, sorry. <laughs> he had three assists in five games for Detroit a few years back in 17-18. Two, two points with the Detroit Red Wings in 19-20, that weird season. 19-18, uh, 11 games, nothing. I hope that's not what's going to happen. And again, you don't just judge a guy on points. Is he out there like providing good defense? Is he making good plays? Is he making smart plays? Is he turning the puck over? Is he a freaking mess out there? Sometimes Addison was a mess, but he's gotten better and better. Kalen Addison, I think he's coming up to Minnesota. In fact, I did see Gray on his name. So yeah, that's who the call-up is, and I'm not complaining one bit about that. Kalen Addison back up with Minnesota. Adam Beckman also added an assist in the game. So all the big shots, all the big shots in uh, Iowa in terms of the prospects factoring. Mason Shaw was called up shortly, but now he's back with Iowa, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Again, it looks like there's going to be a taxi squad situation yet again with the uh, with the Minnesota Wild and the NHL, like last year with the whole deal, because obviously the Omicron is extremely contagious. We've talked about that enough. I probably babbled about it. I'm annoying people. Uh, Chris Bennett, Ryan Ruffer, 
Uh, Cuffer <laughs> looks like I've been sent to the ECHL, but looks like William Bitten, Will Bitten, will be on the Minnesota Wild as a center to help uh, you know fill in a role. I guess here, I guess he's probably going to be with the uh, he's probably going to be a scratch and all that, but healthy scratch, but he'll be there when needed up with Minnesota. He's going to be basically a taxi squad. Unfortunately, minus 16 so far in Iowa, and only eight points in 23 games. His production's dropped off, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with Will Bitten going forward. Kaelin Addison again up with Minnesota, which is always a good thing. As of this moment, looks like Johnny, uh, I keep calling him Johnny, but Frederick Goodrow will be <laughs> centering Kevin Fiala and Marcus Foligno. So that's basically, I thought that's what was going to happen. And yes, it's what happened. I'd like to see Sturm. I'm curious about that one. Greenway will be between Sturm and DeHaim, which is totally fine. Rask will be centering Pitlick and Bukestad on the fourth line. And the top line is what it is. Ryan Hartman, Kirill Kaprizov, and Matt Zuccarello. So there you go. Um, defenseman, again, probably Kalen Addison will be up here. In fact, 90% chance he is going to play. Uh, Alex Kolakowski will be with Dumba, most likely. I'm thinking Merrill with... Uh, Kalen Addison, and then Jordy Ben and Kulikov is probably what we're looking at going forward. They're not showing it at the moment, but that's my guess. I could be back. I, I could have that messed up, but that's my guess. That's about what I would do at the moment. Maybe I'm crazy, but it can't be that crazy. It can't be that bad. Uh, they, were, they were even showing Goligoski on the right side. That's not going to happen. I, I think he stays on the left. Why would you do that? Especially with Brodine out. So again, they're not showing Brodine out, which is driving me nuts. But that's how it goes. Seems like everybody's on Christmas break. Let's get to fan interaction right now. So, uh, <laughs> Derek Felska and MN Johan retweeted the most recent episode, 274, Sloppy Injuries and COVID. Thank you guys so much for the retweet. I deeply appreciate it. Derek Felska tweeted out, um, listening to the latest episode of Brave the Wild, where he talks about the prospects and the struggles and all that. So thank you so much, Derek Felska. Crease and assist, at crease and assist, Derek Felska. Thank you so much for sending out the bad signal like you do. That is awesome. And obviously a great, great writer. He does a great job. He's writing for uh, kids as well. I'll reach that out as well. Uh, youth hockey is what I'm trying to say. And of course, him and Teresa Ferries write for the Sports Daily with a uh, blog called Crease and Assist, or should I say article called Crease and Assist. He says, got a Minnesota Wild question burning on your mind? Winter Classic, World Juniors, anything. Ask Brave the Wild and tag it and ask as many questions as you wish. And yes, please do. Derek, yep, always got the green light to ask as many as you like. The Derek Felska lightning round. The Derek Felska lightning round is on. Which Final Fantasy villain would you say the following players are most like? Brad Marchand, Jamie Benn, insert any Vegas player here. Ooh, Matt Sachuk. Wow, that is interesting. Brad Marchand. I almost say he's like Galleon from Lunar the Silver Star. Final Fantasy, though. Oh, my God. Jamie Benn. Jamie Benn is like... Uh, <laughs> Jamie Benn might be like Siegfried or something, where he's like harassing you and he's hitting you with the, the sword, and it's like one hit point of damage. The Siegfried character on the, uh, the Phantom Train on Final Fantasy VI. Because <laughs> he's not really a you know a fighter, Brad Mar or maybe that's Brad Marchand. I don't know, but yeah, because he's constantly driving people crazy. I would call Brad Marchand Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy V, where he just keeps coming back and harassing you and driving you nuts. That's Brad Marchand. Matt the Chuck, obviously bigger, tougher guy, a villain. 
he is going to be uh, well golem's not a bad guy but he might, he might be like a <laughs> stone golem or something like that maybe Matt the Chuck is like the first bad guy like chaos and uh, he's like the knight garland in Final Fantasy 1 way back at the beginning that might be where I'm leaning towards with Matt the Chuck where he's a bit of an agitator and he's tough he's dangerous this and that uh, so he's Garland. He would be Garland from Final Fantasy One, which turns into chaos at the end of the game. I, Garland, will kick your ass. He's the first boss and the last boss in Final Fantasy One. Spoiler alert. It's only 30, 35 years old. 30, 34, 35 years old. So, spoiler alert. Garland is the is the bad guy at the end of the game as well as the beginning. Derek Feliska, thank you very much. Keep those coming. Keep those coming, Derek. I love that kind of stuff. Any Vegas player. So, Mark Stone... Ryan Reeves, he, God, why is my mind blanking? It drives me nuts, to be quite frank. And obviously Ryan Reeves isn't there anymore. I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> I'm just messing around. But when 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 Ryan Reeves was there, um, God, it's like I wish I could say Ryan Reeves, but obviously again, yeah. I mean he, they they got rid of him too. He's another one of those feisty players. I'm not sure about the Vegas one. I'll come back to that if it comes to my mind as I'm scrolling up and ask, answering the other questions. Uh, Derek Felska says, have the outdoor games lost some of their novelty with so many happening each year over the last few seasons? Winter Classic, Stadium Series, Heritage Classic. Are they better off making the events that happen every other year or every uh, four years or so? I do think it's kind of like college bowl games where it's getting to be too many. Like, everybody gets to go to a bowl game. Now there's the... Uh, uh, Lenovo laptop bowl, and then there's the iPod bowl, the iPod 5 bowl, the iPod 6 bowl, the Horizon Red IPA bowl, uh, the Cactus bowl, which the Gophers won, thankfully, the uh, M Audio Producer USB.com bowl, the uh, Kenyice cute little fan on your desk bowl, um, you know, the, and and it's and it's uh, Western, it's Southern West Virginia playing uh, uh, coastal. Coastal Nebraska. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> coastal Nebraska. I'm just making fun of it. Coastal Florida. South Coastal Florida. You know, there's North Coastal Florida, too. And they're going to play in the... Uh, <laughs> they're going to play in the RE Red Fan Bowl. They're going to play in that one. So, yeah, against yeah against uh, their cross rivals, you know, the North and South Coastal Florida. Yeah the uh, red fan ball because you know you need fans in florida because it's too hot and humid yep so it yeah i know i'm exaggerating but i do think i do think it's lost its luster a bit yes it's a little bit much i still enjoy it i think it's okay has it lost its luster yes should it still happen every year i think it, they should still do it but it's yes it, it has lost its luster a little bit but i'm sure fans still watch uh, Derek Felska says, "Is the, the NHL is reintroducing yep taxi taxi squads for the time being? How much longer do you think this will go on before they do a bubble again? Ooh, if so, do you think that would be a good thing for the Minnesota Wild to play a Central Division only schedule? Why or why not? I'm gonna say, well, being I'm kind of on the Hellebuck side of things, I'm gonna say no and no. A uh, taxi squad, I support that 100% because of well." <laughs> If we are going to shut people down for COVID-19, the taxi squad will at least keep things rolling. Uh, the NBA is basically doing that nowadays. Like All these uh, classic players returning and guys you might have forgotten about that, oh, wow, he's still, he's only 31? What happened to him? Like uh, Greg Monroe in the NBA, you know, good player, I thought. And uh, the Wolves signed him. I was like, whoa, Greg Monroe? 
<laughs> he's, and he's only 31. You know, and then the Joe Johnson, a really nice pick for the Celtics way back in the day, wound up with having a better career with Atlanta and Phoenix. 40 years old, signed with the Celtics and returns to them for the first time in almost 20 years. 40 years old, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get Yarmer uh, Yager, or we'll build, a, or we'll resign. Uh, Wes Walls will suit up. Darby Hendrickson, you know, guys like that. Hey, Darby's already on the coaching staff, so <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but I know I support the taxi squad. Um, as for the bubble, no, at the moment, no. Um, especially if it's going to be, if it's again, if it's, it's literally becoming watered down. Like, again, just like the stocks or this or that or anything, it's becoming watered down. Like, it's more contagious, but it's not as severe. So I would say taxi squad only at this point. Um, that's where I would say no. That's the why and why not. Um, so why not? That's that's the why not then at the end of the day. Um, that's right, Lane. Obviously, it's all it's an opinion, but that's where I stand. I think, and that's where they're going. I don't think they want to do all that again because how complicated would that be? But uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Derek Felska, next one, the Derek Felska lightning round says, if you could change one on-ice NHL rule currently on the books, which one would you change and why? Get rid of offsides. I'm sick of it. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't mind that, actually. But, yeah, but then you'd have players cherry-picking down the ice. This one I think I'm going to have to wait on. I apologize. Yeah, because uh, some of it, it's it's like there's there's good there's good in it, there's bad in it, and then there's good in it, and then there's other stuff you don't want to change too much. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Obviously, there's probably a ton that could could come to mind, but for some reason, my mind is blank on that. Uh, if it comes back, it'll, I'll be ready to go there. Uh, the next one is with the absence of Jonas Spurgeon, Jared Spurgeon, and Jewel Eriksson-Eck for the Minnesota Wilds lineup going into the Winter Classic. Which player do you think needs to raise their game the most if the Wilds are going to have a chance of beating at beating St. Louis? Uh, like a Nico Sturm, somebody like that. Like a Nico Sturm would really, would really help if he stepped up. Frederick Goudreau, I, I think he's too limited. Victor Rask, limited. Hartman, I mean, it's like you think about centers and such. Defenseman, Golagossi, big time. Uh, obviously, he's got a ton of skill, but I think he's just he's just even more important now because he's by far, by far the best left shot defenseman on the roster. Uh, Dumba would be great. I mean, you could just go off and uh, I, I could go off like too many names, but one single guy versus the St. Louis Blues. Uh, let's go with Matt Dumba. Let's go with Matt Dumba. Obviously, he's going to have to have that big, big night. Uh, eliminate the mistakes. Have the big night. You know, obviously, the, the dumb bomb and all that. But also, if it's providing, you know, the re you know not only just the getting the shot on net to provide a juicy rebound for whoever it is. Uh, for whoever it is, like a Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway getting in the mix. But uh, I'll go with Matt Dumba at the moment for the St. Louis Blues game. Obviously, he's a big loss. Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Burdine. I mean, whoa, that's a big deal. That's big, big. As big as the center position is defense. He was two of your best defensemen. Mm, that's harsh. Next, uh, Derek says, what is the most overrated stadium food or drink? What is the most underrated stadium food or drink? Uh, the most overrated drink would be the, all the cheap beer that costs way too much. <laughs> I think so. Uh, like, you know, like Miller Light and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know how anybody can stand that or Coors Light. And you'd actually pay, like, how much for it? Seven, eight dollars or something for frickin' Coors Light. It tastes like rusted water with a little bit of beer flavor in it. That's what it tastes like. It's crap. So, I mean, if you're going to get 
repeater, get something craft brewery, Dagnabbit. Uh, food, well, I guess I could stick with the drink. The food, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I tend to like a lot of food, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe some of those complicated, like, uh, complicated like dishes they make like stir fry and such like that it's like so freaking expensive so that's overrated underrated the hot dog right hot dogs underrated no i'm kidding um how about nachos that are done really well and they're not super expensive that'd be underrated i suppose um and the drink would be like any type of craft beer that isn't like you know way over the top expensive i would go with that at the end of the day Jay Bushy says Wallstead is playing like he's a legit goaltender of the future. Your thoughts? I, I agree 120% there. Uh, very, very exciting. He's showing up and he's, he's he's showing what he could do on the biggest stage. And he's doing it off the biggest stage as well. That's the thing. He's consistent. He's just doing what he's doing out there. And I really, really appreciate what Jesper Wallstead brings. For the first time in franchise history, you can truly say we have a franchise goalie of the future. And I think that's freaking cool. Brian Herrera says, There, got the tag this time. Yep, my question is, what white player besides Dumba do you think can eat the hottest of peppers? Now, now we're getting into the peppers, huh? The hottest of peppers besides Dumba. I probably wouldn't even have gone with Dumba, but uh, who knows? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Going to think about this here for a couple of seconds. Mason Shaw. No, Mason Shaw, if he could survive from all the, uh, the injuries, the poor guy. But no, it's not him. Why does this name coming to my... It's, it's coming to my head right now. I'm probably crazy. Dmitry Kulikov. Dmitry Kulikov, I think, might be the guy that could take the hottest of peppers and uh, keep going. Otherwise, you know, you think, you know, you're always going to think the tough guy, like, uh, you know, Marcus Foligno, the, the king, the tough guy, the, the, the muscle guy and all that. I'm going to go with Dmitry Kulikov. I just got a funny feeling about him that he would, he would like, be somebody that would really indulge in something like that. It might be crazy, it might be weird, but I think that's who it is. Or even uh, Brandon Duhame, maybe, from Florida, possibly. But uh, we'll go with Dmitry Kulikov. I just got a weird feeling about that one. So, yep, just a gut feeling. Let's get back where I'm going. I'm babbling again. And it looks like that's the Hussein <laughs> Soda Pod. Yep, you like that. Cool, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so... Let me hit the like button there. I'm going to make sure I got everything. Why is it gone? That's dumb. What happened? Oh, yeah, you got to search to get it. Yeah. Just want to make sure I got all the hashtag BTWMNs. Ryan, J, NHL. No, that's definitely not it. I think I got everything. Yeah, that was from the last show, I believe. Yeah, that was from the last show. So, yes, thank you very, very much, guys, for the interaction and the fun. I, I'm sorry if I'm a little bit out of sorts. I'm not sure what my deal is today. But, again, really appreciate the interaction and the fun. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a very happy New Year. I'm not the biggest New Year guy. I like Christmas more. It's kind of sad in a way because now Christmas is over. That's why I'm, I, I kind of almost pout on New Year's. Like, yeah, the fun, the fun of the Christmas season is gone. 
I'm not going to miss the crowds at the malls and all that. I don't like that at all. And you just want to go to a freaking grocery store to pick up like a smallest little item and there's like a line to the morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's over. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss, uh, you know, you always kind of miss the lead up though, especially the early part, like December 1st and such. Going to give some shout outs to uh, Minnesota Wild Global on Facebook. Uh, of course, uh, Minnesota Wild Nation. Also, again, major shout out to MNW Prospects. What an awesome job they do. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Just unfortunately, my role right now is uh, it's non-existent at the moment because I cover the queue when it comes to the Minnesota Wild Prospects, like covering the prospects of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the queue, as they call it, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the British Columbia Hockey League. Right now, the Wild do not have any prospects in those juniors, but they will at some point in the future. So I'll be back once they do, hopefully next draft and such. Oh, and if they assign something else to me, yep, that could happen as well. We'll see what happens. They like add another one. But yeah, we cover everything like the, obviously the AHL, the ECHL, the OHL. You get the idea. WHL especially, that's where most of the wild players that play in the juniors are at the moment. And <clears throat> of course, overseas and things like World Junior Championships, that's like the, the center, <laughs> center ice for all of us right there the uh, center stage for anybody covering Minnesota Wild Prospects. That's as big as it gets. So to see that go down the way it did, that's freaking sad, disappointing. But what the hell can you do as uh, Jerry Burns would say, former Minnesota Vikings coach, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts or uh, Stitcher or Audible. Those are the three applications that provide that. Also, you could call into the show. It'd be really cool. Of course, again, tweet me at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild on Twitter, if I really didn't even mention that earlier. You have hashtag BTWMN. That way it stays organized and we're all there together so I can uh, get it all together on the show and I don't miss what you have to say. Questions, comments, thoughts, you know, uh, funny questions like, uh, you know, the hot pepper thing or <laughs> the villains of uh, what Final Fantasy villains do you think are in the NHL, this and that. I, I love that kind of stuff. I think that's a lot of fun. But also, again, even like hockey questions as well. Of course, keep keep both coming. I think it's fun and entertaining. This and that. So, with that said, I hope you have a nice, happy new year. And that uh, we'll be back. And Minnesota can break out of this losing streak one way or another. Hopefully Minnesota wins both of them. But at least end it with Ottawa one way or another. Until next time, take care. 